0: here at supernatural confessions podcast where it is a safe place for you to confess all your experiences be it supernatural myth urban legends superstitions or even the unknowns and as a team we'll compile and feature your confessions on our platforms You may reach out to us through our Facebook page or website supernaturalconfessions.com and you are also invited to join us every Friday night on our Facebook live where Eugene, the founder of Supernatural Confessions and I host a weekly live show discussing all about the supernatural. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm Kim, your host and now on to the show. This week we're going to feature some confessions from the week whereby we recorded the Tangling Hulk special. First confession, it's by Anita and this confession consists of her stories when she was younger playing Ouija board how her father lost his speech after and these things which her tenants people around her and even her own child can see and feel and this recording was done by Eugene Tae
1: now there are a few instances there are some things that actually happened to me what happened was I think um when of course i came of age uh, i hope you understand why i mean i came of age so and of course i was still um, not married so you know the v word uh so what happened was uh, i could felt someone uh, pressing down on me and then it felt like a male voice like i said all these things why i remembered so clearly and vividly is because um uh, it, it, sort of like impacted me and and I sorry I impacted me and sorry like it felt like uh, something was latched onto me so I still feel the presence around me at times so I just take it that it's just my dad uh, God bless his So like a guardian angel around me please 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 um, you know don't let me have the same feeling again so I'm always praying to that but what I could felt was it was a male spirit uh, it was pressing down on me and I couldn't shout or scream uh, I could felt like I was into another world totally uh, you know you know you are there, your sensors, everything's working But you just can't shout out to call your parents uh, My mom was sleeping on the floor to shout out to her, this and that So this was a personal experience with me Next thing was when I played uh, the coin, what do you call it, the OJABOT with my friends in school there was a tree near our school here, Pemaisura Primary School. Now, um, I didn't know that uh, they took the coin from under the tree and then they would start playing it. And I was also so blur, you know, young kid and then they say play a game. I'm like, oh, let's play a game. And then it was raining, it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon where nobody was around, principal, no one, and we could use the empty classroom, so we didn't get caught, you see. So the next thing I know, the thing started moving and moving as for the questions they were asking, and then, then all of them let go, then I was the last one, and I, I just got shocked because the doors split open, and it was the security guard that came in, nobody we got the shock of our life. Whoa, okay, okay, but I could felt a bit weird after that, so I carried that coin home with me. Okay. Without them, they say, yeah, yeah. You just keep like You're the last one. That's the point. Never, never keep. So I didn't know. I brought it home with me. From then onwards, I felt very like an eerie presence. I think that's when this male presence started to me. And uh, whenever I go into the washroom or I shower, I could felt like somebody was watching me. I just felt like the, the very um uh, icky, you know, the person when he gives you that kind of look, the up down up down look uh, So I, I I could really feel that. Uh, then of course um I had a um, and and there was once when my dad came into the room, I don't know what happened to me. I stared and looked at my dad and uh, I think got like a little bit like possessed. I, I just felt like strangling him, you know, like any other male that I see, I just felt like strangling him. Uh, so there was this like anger, I felt like bursting out, you know, just charge at him. I I'm so, I'm, wasn't in my senses, I was so afraid if I have a knife or something sharp, I would have gone after him. So, somehow rather or other, I tried to fight it back also. I was like, no, that is your dad, and then you do not do these sort of things. So, a little bit conscious and a little bit semi-conscious both started to inform it. Then, uh, I have a neighbour who's on the 6th floor. Uh, her father is a BOMO. So, you know what's a BOMO? Malay BOMO, right? So, what he did was, uh, I think my mom or my dad sensed that something wasn't wrong with me, because sometimes I went, <sighs> 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 just, in, you know, just angry over everything. So he brought me into his room and he spread the water and he said the Quran with me. So he made me see into his room and then he said Keluakau, something like that. And he said when he was doing that water, holy water, on me, and then he said something to uh, my friend saying that you see, you see, there's another shadow that is actually latched to her. When you look at her shadow, there's something there. So it's latched onto me. Then he asked me after I fainted a bit. Then he asked me to wake up and then say that um what exactly happened, you know, when did this happen, then as soon as I go, I told him under the tree, on the coin, friends, blah blah I brought the coin home. He said, do me a favor, I'm going to cleanse the coin and everything right now. You bring the same coin, it wrapped into the that uh, cloth, the Quran cloth, you go under the tree, just say sorry, uh, we shouldn't have taken the coin, uh, it's back at his rightful place owner, so once you say it, do not turn back anymore, okay? Just say sorry and just walk off, no matter what happens, even if he calls you back or whatever. So, practically, I did that. So I think things were better after that, obviously. Um, but I still can feel a sense of closeness, like latched on into my soul or touched my soul or somewhere. I, I still just I remember so vividly this incident. And whenever you talk to me about that, remember I was telling you on your life that, that, that I still feel it like it's around me. Okay, it's not harming me in any way, but it's just that I get this anger, um, but I try to control it also, which I'm not a... Go all psycho out on you, kind of person. You get what I mean? Ah, another thing. My father also a little thing happened to me. My father actually could talk, but he lost his speech. Guess why? I was young. I think I was three, four years old, five years old. I don't remember vividly, but that's how he lost his speech. He was carrying me, and we were walking down towards um, I think after the polyclinic, the bus stop. There's a the staircase up, right? So in the middle of the night, I think he didn't see he was carrying me. It was about twelve plus. We came back from a late night movie we with mom and dad me And then he just felt like spitting, he didn't realize he go and spit on the thing. Right? So after that, my dad is sleeping in the common room where the window is open, obviously. So once he just told us, I said, Can you close the window? I'm scared. Then I was like, why? Then slowly, slowly he started losing his speech, become slurry, and he can't say out. Same thing, he also felt like the the, the there was a evil lady or something, he said was staring at him and every time she'll come through the window or she'll knock through the window, that's what he's been telling us. So same thing, we brought him to the bea but he said cannot, sorry, it's too late, his speech is gone. Oh. So after that he just couldn't get back the speech. We tried, but 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 he just couldn't. I don't know what is it about our family that we're attracting all this. I don't know, maybe it started with my dad, the aura, aura, I then brought it home. But my dad got so scared. And my dad is huge, huh? He's like a bodybuilder. Mm. Can you believe he is afraid to be in that room alone? Uh he every time I see there's a red uh like uh, like you off your light, that's it. Another one more thing, best part. I had this tenant. I put up my room after my dad passed away. Okay, so obviously I didn't tell the tenant that my that my dad died in that week, Okay, which my mother didn't allow. I say let's just change the bed. No, fine. I keep quiet. So I felt bad also about it. Okay, hopefully he's not watching this program. But uh, okay, okay, we changed the bed. Up two days after that, because I just didn't feel comfortable. Okay, so uh, after that, um, uh, the tenant he's he's the person I think he can see things, and he's into. Uh, Uh, christianity this and that although he's hindu right so i think he embraced christianity he just said um he said in the middle of the night there's another tenant who's sleeping over there he said i can see there's one person like a black hovering figure just standing over and staring at my tenant another thing you know kids and dogs can see Hmm. stuff right i got so scared my life Uh, my son was standing with me very young uh, in the kitchen he just pointed out and he said don't laugh at me the uncle standing over there also laughing at me and my kitchen light was off and i was like sorry what you know how scared that is i said i said come we go to decide where there's more light <laughs> uncle cannot see you he said uncle also smiling at me and sometimes i think when my mom got hospitalized uh into a few two three weeks so i was alone with the kid in the um, room my tenant also was around he was out with the friends so then i uh suddenly my kid woke up and pointing there he said can you can you ask him to go ask him to go Go. Then I, see, what is is, I, I don't see anything. Is it? I don't of course I don't have a third eye or whatever, open up third eye or whatever. But I don't believe in that. Or well, I do, I do not know, but I do not want it to be open yeah. at all, seriously. Um so then I say okay, then I say a little prayer, please, please, please don't disturb us, there's only two of us. <laughs> so please we never do anything to you. So just we always believe in my Indian god like that kind of thing. So I always teach my son, say wake up, pray, go to sleep, pray. So that's why I try my best as I go out now So I bring always a sharp objects with me. Mm-hmm. And I don't try not to carry meat. Mm. But of course, if you really have to carry me, you have got that sharp object. That, you know, like safety pins, yeah, always carry yeah. me. So my son once asked me why you bring out so many safety pins. I'm like <laughs> it's just. about, I say I just in case, tell. <laughs> ah. Like How do I explain to a kid? True,
0: true. Wow. You are listening to supernatural confessions. If you have your own confessions to share reach out to us on our Facebook or website, Supernatural Confessions. Remember, you are not alone.
2: Hey everyone, so I'm Kara, and I'm the author for Tangling stories. And um, like I mentioned, I found it fairly interesting that someone brought up Tangling Hall in the um, page because um, it was more commonly known as Tablao back then. And um, if I had to describe that place, it was basically the cusp for all the paranormal shit that happened to me. And right now, even if you paid me a million dollars, I still wouldn't go there. So I will break this story into two or three parts because there were quite a lot of encounters there for me. And if you need a bit of a backstory, my dad, he was quite regular in the house flipping scene and that basically meant that he liked to buy properties and he got them at very good prices. He would do them up a little bit and then he would resell it for good profits and it usually meant that we don't stay in a place for very long. And for me, I think Tangling was either my third or my fourth home living. <coughs> so, i won't reveal the block number i know a lot of people have been asking me about that but it's still there and it's quite close to the church and quite close to the railway track as well so we first moved to the higher floor of that very same block and then we lived there for a few months until our estate agent actually visited my dad and said hey you know what there's a um, floor below you that's um, a corner unit, very quiet, very nice and it was a good rate at this point of time because the property market is doing very well so of course my dad who, who likes to do house whipping he was instantly interested, right? And so within months we had moved to that particular house so on hindsight, I think we all know that there's no free meal in the world and so cheap houses usually come at a terrible cost So in the beginning, everything started off really small so the incidents were... Um, you could just brush it off really as your imagination or even a coincidence and so I mentioned right this house was actually a corner unit and because it was a common corridor sort of a HDB so every night when you were watching tv basically your tv was facing um, the parapet of the corridor right and then without fail every night at 8 pm a dark shadow would just fly past our corridor and disappear into the corner wall so like i say, it's a corner unit nothing should be going past there at all right so i told my mom about it and my mom was like it's just a bird it's just a bird so when we first moved there i was about nine years old but we in the first house that we stayed in I think we stayed for I can't remember whether it was like a few months or maybe a year before we moved to that second unit and then I got a little bit older and then I started to work in a fast food chain so some days right um, I had to wake up really early like four in the morning and then there was this one morning I still remember when I was going to the bathroom to go shower to get myself refreshed right I heard someone um, behind me say Kara kara and it was really soft somebody right next to my ear and then after that somebody just started laughing uh, i'll refrain from scaring you guys and i'll not do that laughter but i can honestly tell you it was quite distinct and i know for a fact that at that point of time i would, um nobody else was awake in my house and so instinctively i didn't want to turn around i just screamed for my mom and i was like mom i forgot my towel can you come here now and all this while the laughter was in my ear okay it was awful so back then as well um, i shared a room with my elder sister and when we sleep we, we don't really close the door because um, we don't have aircon at that part of time so you know it was just easier to let the draft and the wind in the house circulate by itself and then <clears throat> there was this one night i still remember i got home it was about se- 70 sh- i suppose and my entire house was pretty dark so I assumed nobody was home yet and then I went to my room and then after I found it very strange that my room door was shut and locked so as you know I said my my sister and I we don't really close the door at all and then um, I tried to open the knob I wanted to go inside and I heard people moving or or things moving inside my room like somebody was shifting around in bed so i assumed maybe my sis had fallen asleep and then she just you know closed the door or something so i tried to knock the door very loudly tried to call her hey hey wake up can you open the door i want to go in and then she didn't answer so i decided to just sit down and and watch tv maybe wait for her to wake up right and then so you imagine my shock when at about nine ish both my parents and my sister came in and then after my sister went to the door, she just twisted the knob and went, "Hey, why you closed the door and she opened it and you just went inside. So on another occasion, I had a friend that um, slept over with me. So I had a kind of pull out bed basically where you know it's two single beds and the bottom one just slides at the bottom. And then she told me that the next day she just basically couldn't sleep at all because the entire night. That we was we were sleeping right. Somebody was standing at the door and was just staring at us the entire night. And um, I know some of you mentioned things like sleep paralysis and all, so that could very well be what happened to her that night because she said she was frozen and she basically couldn't even sit up to wake me up. And then on yet another occasion, I had another friend who stayed with us and. you know, as we are tend, we tend to do when we sleep, we shift around our sleep. And I think his hand had sort of fallen to the side of the bed, and he was woken up because he felt someone scratch his hand really, really hard. And then um, he just recoiled in horror, basically. And then he he didn't want to wake me and my sister up, so it was only until the next morning when he uh, when we were all up, really, and he actually told me um, something. Um, I had something happen to me last night and then something scratched my hand. So when he showed me his palm, right, that was four very long, very obvious sketches. You can very obviously tell somebody that scratched him. So when we moved, we also inherited some furniture from the previous owners in that particular place and I think one of it was an old cupboard in the bedroom that me and my sister shared. And this cupboard had a lock and a key and then of course, you know, when you inherit things you want to make sure that the, the, the furniture is clean in good working condition and all. So we tested it, it looked to be good. So, you know, my parents were like, okay, we can save money, we don't have to buy a new wardrobe for the girls. And uh, we, so basically we kept it, so you can imagine our shock when every night when my sister and I turned off the lights, right, the cupboard would just open automatically. So it doesn't matter whether you locked it, you removed the key, you put a chair against it, you, you, you jam a heavy item against the wardrobe, right? Somehow the next day it would still be open. And um, it was quite terrifying for me and my sister. <gasps>
0: Thank you very much, Kara, for the stories at Tangling Hall. After all the terrifying experiences, no wonder she said, even she's been offered a million bucks, she wouldn't go back to the place. If you like the content here on the podcast, you are also invited. To join Eugene and Kim at Supernatural Confessions Facebook page every Friday 10 p.m. Malaysia and Singapore time, where they will discuss thy sick and go deeper in details on your confession, and I'll be waiting for you there. Next up is a confession by Rose. She works in the aviation industry and after doing some work on an aircraft that had been abandoned for quite some time, strange incidents start to happen onto her. Could it be something that is from the aircraft or had been staying in the aircraft for quite some time? Have a listen.
3: So this happened two months ago, there was an aircraft which came into the hangar from Australia last year November but we didn't get clearance from the operators to do maintenance on it yet. So fast forward to February this year, the operators signed the contract and we started working on that aircraft. I usually work on the aircraft's tail and engine section but I had to do some repair work on a component which was located all the way at the back of the aircraft cabin which happens to be the toilet area. When I entered the aircraft and walked to the back, I took some time to set up my tools and it was really really dark, so I was using a torchlight. I had a feeling of being watched, but I dismissed the thought and continued doing my work. After work, I returned home and everything was normal. At around 11.30pm, I was lying down on my bed trying to sleep. My housing area is usually pretty quiet, but on that day, since around 10.30pm, I kept hearing a lot of people talking like as though someone was having a party. Just as I was about to close my eyes, I heard a bird shrieking very very loudly from the tree right in front of my window. My father was watching TV in the hall, and I sat up to see if he heard the noise. But he didn't react to the noise. I thought that was very unusual, but I still dismissed it. Just as I closed my eyes, I had a vision, where I was standing in the middle with many people surrounding me, and everyone was talking loudly. Suddenly, a man lunged at me from the crowd and tried to get me he shockingly bounced back a few inches from me as though I had an invisible protective bubble around me. He had a certain terrifying crazed look on his face. His eyes were bulging out of his sockets. He had a bus cut with bright orange hair. A very very round head and he was huge. I got up startled and sat on my big for like 5 minutes and told myself that I was just dreaming and it was nothing. I fell asleep. Not very long later, I suddenly woke up and heard the same bird screeching again. This time, I jolted up and stayed still trying to put the pieces together, asking myself if I was really imagining everything. That was when the pungent smell of faeces wafted into my room. I knew it was an evil spirit and I frantically called for my mom to wake up. The moment she woke up, the stench disappeared. The next day at work, I felt the same creepy feeling of someone watching me and I still ignored it. That night, when I went to sleep, I had a dream. I saw the same man, the same maniac look on his face and he was carrying a doll. He showed me images of what seemed to be a cartoon drawing of a little girl in a polka dot dress and some sweets. Now, the weird thing about the drawings was that it seemed to glow luminously. I woke up To the stench of feces and urine and somehow it all clicked to me the spirit was that of a psychotic pedophile who probably died while he was being chased by some people maybe he committed a rape or something i don't know but he fell into a sewer and died due to the pandemic the aircraft had been grounded for quite some time and he probably made it his home till he spotted his next target me
0: you are listening to supernatural confessions whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there Moving on to the next one, the next confession, it's by Linda, which is also posted in our AC private group, it must be the too She started by saying, Hi, I've been reading everyone's stories religiously, so I decided to write about my encounter as well. So this is what happened to Linda in the year 2012. Mm-hmm. I remember asking my mom to buy a small oven so that I can bake cupcakes and so on. And she did. She bought those mini oven that you can toast or bake bread in. Once I received it, I placed it on the kitchen counter. The kitchen counter with the sink where I placed the oven is opposite the living room and we have a clear glass door that separates the rooms as we have acorn in the living room. So on that fateful day, around the time when the sun was just setting I decided to bake mini muffins Made the batter and I just need to preheat the oven and bake it My mum and cousin suddenly decided to go to a mini mart below the house to buy some stuffs And my mum clearly told me that they are gonna go down below my house to get the stuffs So they'll be back within 10 to 15 minutes and they left So I just went back to my room and read the manual book because I didn't know how to preheat the oven and how long should I bake the muffins for. I was reading while walking towards the kitchen so my head was facing down and just as I was about to reach for the handle to open the glass door that separates between the kitchen and also the living room I decided it was a great idea to look up and that is when I saw her. A Chinese lady with bob haircut in an all-western wedding dress. I froze immediately. I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. I couldn't do anything except for my eyes going around. I knew that she obviously is not human because I was the only one home and she doesn't have feet at all. But luckily for me, she wasn't looking at me. She was looking outside the window in the kitchen, which is literally next to the door. So if I was able to open the door, I would be actually standing just next to her. Now we go back to the fact that I froze there holding the door handle and staring at her. My first instinct was to moonwalk back or turn back and run to my room, but I couldn't even do anything. I felt so helpless that I couldn't turn and run so I could only stand there and stare at her. But I was really stuck in the position. I even tried to scream, but nothing came out from my throat, so I decided to pray in my head for someone to help me. I was afraid she would actually notice me more than her being there because she didn't look scary at all. And I didn't feel any bad intention from her. And just as I was about to cry for help, I heard the door opening. My mum came back, and as soon as I heard the key and the door open, I could move. I let out a scream so loud that she rushed in and asked me what's wrong, and she thought I heard myself or someone came in from the back door or something like that but I was too afraid to say I saw a spirit because I really love horror stuff since young, so I brushed it off as I saw a crow crouch, so she would chill out and not nag me, which I eventually told her about the incident when I was 19 years old. Here is where the incident actually gets quite confusing. Linda said, I thought that that was the end of it. But my lovely cousin decided to look at me in the eyes and ask, where's the baked muffins? I just answered him that I haven't baked it and I don't know how to bake it and I don't know how to preheat the oven within 15 minutes. My cousin then looked really confused and told me him and my mum couldn't find the stuff they need below the house so they went all the way to the mall which is at least 15 minutes away by bus so they were actually away for at least 30 minutes or even to an hour this is what freaked me out cause that's when I know I was stuck in that position staring at whoever that is in the kitchen for almost an hour which to me only felt like most or maximum 5 minutes or even lesser so the question is how did I lose time and who is actually that lady what actually happened and why did it feel so short but then again all I know now is I lost an hour of my life To Supernatural Confessions If you have your own confessions to share Reach out to us on our Facebook or website Supernatural Confessions Remember You are not alone On to our last confession, this confession is from Valerie Tun and it is voiced by Renée. For those that is listening to today's podcast or this particular incident, please do not use it as a reason for you to go back early unless you yourself have similar incident as Valerie.
4: Hi, so this is my office confession story. Location of the office is very close to Tanlinghok. Close to five years ago, my ex-company won the tender to this project from another company in Singapore. A group of us agreed to be transferred to the BPO company, which was located at Commonwealth. First day when the team reported to work at this new location, we noticed that this building has this very dark energy, and the workstation that was assigned to us has no natural lighting. Work that was assigned to us was very heavy. As an employee myself, I have a tendency to finish whatever that was doing for the day before I head home. One day, I felt that I could actually use some time after working hours to finish up. My boss suddenly woke up to me and oriented me around the office, like where I could actually take the keys, to lock the main door, or alternative exit to leave the office. Example, fire escape. I did not think much. After he oriented me, we went back to the to our own workstation to continue with our work. He left 10 minutes later and I was all alone. I wore two layers of sweater that day. So, a few minutes later, I felt cold, but wasn't cold-cold. My goosebumps stood up and also felt something, someone looking behind me and a very weird sensation on my shoulder. But there wasn't anybody in the office already. So out of fear, I stood up I locked my laptop and left. I managed to off one side of the office like, and head home. The next day, I went back to work. The office blacked out. I have to pretend that nothing happened. My boss also did not question. We shared the same office with the HR. We sometimes also heard from them, like um the saw some sighting, or they heard weird sounds from the partition or pedestal when nobody was around. So after I joined Supernatural Confession, I've concluded that the entity was not very simple and if I can afford never to work after 6pm or be the last person to leave the office ever again,
0: We have come to the end of this episode of Supernatural Confessions. If you have enjoyed this episode, please rate us with a 5-star review on whichever platform you are streaming this podcast on. Go on and tell your friends and family about us. You can find more of our content on YouTube, Facebook and our website. Search for keyword Supernatural Confessions. If you or someone you know have a confession to make, visit supernaturalconfessions.com. You can send it in text, voice memo, or even video format. Let us know if you want your identity to be kept secret. Supernatural Confessions is created by Eugene T. Until the next episode, my name is Kim, your host for this podcast series signing off with Whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there.